Hello, and welcome to episode 91 of the Medical Device Success Podcast and Videocast. I am Ted Newell, your host. I'm also the host of the MedTech Leaders Community. Today's episode is about your MedTech reputation in social media. You could also apply it to your personal reputation. The motivation for the episode came to me as I read a post in a medically-oriented private Facebook group where a doctor, very professionally, took a med tech company to task for poor service. When I share more of the details in a moment, you will be as shocked as I was. And more important, you would not want this to happen to your company. The billion-dollar companies have reputation management covered, but I believe many of the small to medium-sized companies in med tech do not. Now, this presentation does have slides that I will explain pretty clearly, so you shouldn't miss anything by listening. If you want the slides, send me an email or watch the YouTube video in a few days. It will be on my Medical Device Success YouTube channel. And if you think this podcast could be of value to a colleague, simply use the share button on your podcast listening platform to share it with them. They will appreciate it see the show notes for links. Let's move on to the presentation. The shocking details related to this doctor's post and what you and your company can do to avoid this kind of damage. Okay. Now I'm going to bring up the slides so they get, keep me sort of organized, keep me on track for this uh, presentation, which I'm doing via podcast and also via videocast. So bear with me while I bring up my slides. And there we go. So the motivation, again, was this particular post that I saw in a private, medically-oriented Facebook group. The social media post and also, I want to make clear that this group, even though it was a private, medically-oriented group, very specific um, application for this group uh, in terms of medicine, it did allow industry members. And that's an important fact. Many of the private groups do. They have rules for how you behave as an industry member, but they, they will allow you to uh, be a member um, as long as you obey those rules. And something I want to just splice in here really quick. Um, I, I thought about after I had recorded the whole podcast is that this particular group that we're talking about in this example has 7,000 members. So some of these groups can be small, very sp specific to, let's say, a country, a small country. Some of these groups can be quite large. This is a worldwide group. So you might be surprised at how influential these Facebook groups can be. Now back to the slides. That's a, an important consideration. You may run into some Facebook groups um, that are medic, med, medically oriented, private groups that don't allow industry in. But this was a key opinion leader who had been a happy customer of this particular med tech company for 20 years. And now he was having difficulties. 
he posted a nearly 300-word-long professional complaint. It includes the fact he has tried to work with the company on said problem with no positive results. There were 64 likes as of the other day, which means many more than that read his comments. And so far, as of a day or so ago, there were 37 comments, many of who are recommending other products or further denigrating his medtech supplier. Now, through all of this, there was no comment from the medtech company. Amazing especially in this particular group where it is known for the med tech companies to be members. Um, I'm a member. And so are a few of my colleagues in this particular company I'm working with. No comment from the manufacturer, no apology, no explanation, nothing to tamp down all the negative comments that supported this particular doctor's comment. That was the motivation. And you do not want that happening to your company. So now I just moved on to the next slide about social media reputation. And this is not the same as digital reputation, which is all encompassing. So digital reputation includes your company's website, specific news compilers and newsletters, organization websites like um, maybe a cardiology organization Review sites for some products. There's sites where they review products, and that would be part of your digital reputation and social media. So all those things are part of digital reputation. Today, we're only talking about one of them because to talk about all of them would take six, seven, or 10 episodes of the podcast. But I think this is something that's important that you can do something about and can sometimes fly under the radar and be damaging. So today we're fo focusing on social media, which is the second large bullet on this slide. And under social media, we have all the characters that you're used to thinking about when you think of social media, and that is Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, et cetera. There's a few more. But really, the big ones for med tech and for um, specialty doctors I think are probably the first three, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Now, here we go to the next slide, and I just want to make a note of something for everybody here, is as we go through this material, you may want to apply it to your personal social media reputation too. You may not have to check as often as you would for a company, but you could check like every week, or every couple of weeks, searching your name to see what people might be saying about you. Now, we are talking about reputation, not social media promotion. Um, if you want to think about social media pro promotion, I recommend uh, episode 88, I think is where I replayed a previous episode where we talk about social media promotion with Scott Alexander of Gyrus Micromarketing. And that's an excellent and very popular uh, podcast. And that is also available as a video cast on the YouTube channel. But we are talking about reputation, not about promotion. Okay. And another thing to note is that 
using social media is a great way to watch your competitors. Now, the next slide is why is social media important? Well, a couple factoids. 54% of digitally oriented population, that means people that use smartphones, computers, tablets, etc., uses social media to research products. So example, they might search social media by a product name. They're not searching for the company's website. They're specifically in a social media group or social media in general, searching for people's comments about a product. Another example would be if they're asking others in social media for their personal opinion about a particular product. About 27% are using social media to purchase products. Like they go right from social media to make the decision to purchase the product. They're not necessarily initiating the purchase activity from a company's website. Meanwhile, only about 16% are clicking on sponsored ads. And in this slide, I have that in quotes because a sponsored ad is different in my mind than value, highly valued content, something that is really helpful to a particular reader as opposed to just an advertisement saying that you've got the greatest med tech product since sliced bread. Again, go to episode 88. Now, these statistics that I gave you, 54% using social media for research, 27% using it to start their purchase process, 16% only clicking on sponsored ads, that is primarily oriented to consumer products. Uh, but the reason I use those statistics is just to show you how influential social media can be. And I do believe it can have a big impact on medtech products, as we'll sort of show in a couple minutes here. So now let's relate it to medtech. And I go to my next slide, which is where in social media are your medtech customers? Now, for general consumers, they're all over the place. And in a sense, I could, I might want to walk that back a little bit because there's a lot of groups, especially in Facebook, related to hobbies and, and interests that people have. But for medtech reputation management, the big focus is on especially Facebook because you have private and public specialty groups. For example, there are over 25 cardiology groups on Facebook, over 25. Now, if you scroll through them, some are private, some are public, some are for the country of South Africa, some are for Malaysia. Um, so you'll see all different kinds. What you need to do when you're looking for Facebook groups that might be related to your particular specialty that you serve with a product or a service you're going to want to try to sort out which groups really are influential because you may not be able to look at all of them. But there are some very specific groups. Like there's a group for CRM slash pacemakers and defibrillators slash cardiac electrophysiology. Believe it or not, there's a group for that. I'm going to interrupt the slides again here just quickly to say a great way to find out what Facebook groups you should be looking at and which ones are really important to your product and or service is to ask your customers. They will tell you. 
and you can go from there to the Facebook group and see if you can become a member. Back to the slides. On LinkedIn, you have groups, but if you pay much attention to LinkedIn, and if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're a LinkedIn um, member, you will find that groups are not that robust in LinkedIn anymore because they're fairly general and they're very large. And LinkedIn does not help make groups very valuable to the membership. Unfortunately, that's a fact. But still, there's things on LinkedIn that you should watch for. We'll get to that in a minute. Then you have Twitter and you have Instagram. Now, for protection, it is not difficult to search the others. And by that, I mean, you can search generally, and I'll show you how to do that in a minute. But you can search generally on Facebook and on LinkedIn. It's a very easy thing to do. And you can easily search for companies and products on social media platforms. And I've got a couple examples to follow. So whether you're trying to search for your own or you're trying to search for a competitor, um, you'll see what I mean here in a minute. So here we have an example of a post a doctor made from South Africa on Facebook related to an ophthalmic product called eye care. And I'm not going to read this entire post, but you can see he's pretty serious because this again is a nearly 300 word post. And he's essentially saying that when he's using this product, he's not getting the results that he thought he would get, that it's, that they're not consistent. His, his readings are inconsistent and, and so on. And he's concerned about it. So he's sharing that. And it's a, it's a, um, by the way, the group is optometrists, National South Africa. So that's how specific some of these groups can be. But for the distributor of the eye care product in South Africa, I, I can tell you that they'd be concerned about this particular post. So if you are watching the video or um, and looking at the slides, you can see this entire post. Then he goes on because he's created a poll. <laughs> that's even worse. He's created a poll. And he has three things that people can respond to, three poll questions. One is, I always get really consistent readings with my eye care telemeter. The second is, I have noticed similar niggles with my eye care telemeter too. Niggles must be some slang term in South Africa. And then the third question is, over the years, I've noticed a trend that ophthalmologists usually gets lower IOPs, that's intraocular pressure, than my eye care findings. So the eye care device, which is actually, a, in my mind, it's a good device, it is used to measure the pressure of your eye. So let me read you the responses to, to the polls, the percentages. 4% said that they always got consistent readings with their eye care tonometer. So that's 4% of the people that read this poll on in this Facebook group. The second question was, I have noticed similar niggles with my eye care tonometer too. 25%. Not sounding really good. And then over the years, I've noticed a trend that the ophthalmologist usually gets lower IOPs than my eye care findings. 69%. Now there are actually scientific reasons why an ophthalmologist might get a lower IOP reading than the optometrist gets with his eye care device. 
And, and I know that because I was involved in optometry and tonometers for a long time. So iCare, their distributor, could have a great answer to this uh, particular uh, post and poll. There were 82 votes in the poll. This is in South Africa, a small country. 82 people voted in this poll. And there were 10 comments um, following this doctor's post and poll. No response from the manufacturer or distributor. And they can probably belong to this group, or they can have a doctor belong to this group for them to watch out for these very things. So that's, I gave you an example of what I thought was shocking to me um, that sort of woke me up to this particular problem. And here's another example. This is Totally different one, but I found it when I started doing my research for this particular podcast. Now, the next example I'm going to get uh, give is from LinkedIn, and that is with OptiView. So I'm going to um, unshare this and bring up the actual website. Okay, and this is a great example, and I don't know how easy this is to read for those of you that are watching the video, but in the upper left-hand corner, you see the LinkedIn sign, and under the search bar, where the little magnifying glass is, all I did was put OptiView OCT. So this is another ophthalmic product, and it quickly came to my mind. So uh, you can see everything that has been listed in LinkedIn related to this particular company and the product, the OCT product. So the first thing is you see some people that are related to the company. And then if you scroll down, you'll see the posts and you'll see several posts and they look pretty benign. And and in fact, they are. Um, Actually, if you're a competitor of OptiView, you might want to look at these posts from time to time to see what they're trying to promote online because they're actually making an effort on LinkedIn. Um, And at the bottom of the posting area, you'll see, see all posts. So that's what you want to click on. So you can see all the posts related to this product to see what's being talked about it. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it something that you need to respond to? Because on LinkedIn, you can respond. So I think that that shows the value that if you scroll down further, There might be a job related to the company. There's more people and so on and so forth, as you can see when I'm scrolling. But this is what you do for LinkedIn. You simply plug in the company name and or the product name up in the search area, and you search. If you're looking for your personal reputation, social media reputation, you'd put your own name in, and you'd search uh, to see what if anybody said something about you. But this can be very valuable, and it doesn't take very long to do. So that's how you do it on LinkedIn. And on Facebook, it's very similar. Facebook has a, a search area, a little search magnifying glass. I think it's on the right-hand side of a Facebook page uh, in the upper right-hand corner. And you just click on that. You put in your search term. And um, that's how you would search for groups on Facebook. You, you could put in uh, urology groups. And all the urology groups will come up if you have urology-oriented products. Um, Or you could put a particular product uh, name in to see if anybody's commented commented on a particular product. So that's how you would search in Facebook. On Twitter, you can also search. There's a search magnifying glass on Twitter. So you just open that up, put whatever you want to search for, 
something general, something specific like a product or a device, and anything that's related to that will pop up. So those are the ways that you do your searches. Very easy to do. So I'm going to stop sharing this particular screen. Hello, for those of you that can see me. And I'm going to go back to the, um, the presentation. So I think we only have one, if not more slides. Yes, action items. So what are you going to do with this information? And remember, this is not about overall digital reputation. Depending on your company's size, you may need a full-time employee and or a software platform and or an agency to help you with your total digital reputation. And that is not something you should ignore. If you have an advertising agency um, or a marketing agency, you should talk to them about this if they haven't talked to you about it already. And the next thing is to that you can do that's pretty simple and just take some elbow grease is assign a team member to search social media platforms every day for comments about your products, morning and night. And this may seem tedious, and you may not have a fire to put out in a long, long time. Hopefully, you never have a fire to put out. But if there is a fire, you want to be able to react quickly. So you need to do this every day. You don't want something to fester for two or three days without a response from your company. And there's a plus to this. You might be surprised at what you learn. Now, at the same time, that same team member can be assigned to search social media platforms for competitive information. And it's really easy to create a report on information related to your products and information related to the competition. Just simply cut and paste some stuff from Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever it might be, put it into a Word document and share it with everybody. That's all you have to do. Um, but again, you might be surprised what you learn, not only about your competition, but also just things that doctors are talking about, problems that they're having, um, cases that they're sharing with each other to maybe get a solution. It's pretty darn interesting to go through this. I was sort of surprised at how active some of these groups can be, especially on Facebook. And then finally, you could consider reputation software. Now, this could cost you 250 to $700 per month, depending on what you want it to do and the size of your comp company. Now, most of the software, when you look for it, you're going to think, well, it's mostly for consumer products and services. And this is true. Most of it is. But some of it may be adaptable. So you got some homework to do. I really suggest very strongly that you go out and you start watching your social media reputation. Start looking at the social media platforms. It doesn't take a lot of time. It is tedious, but you might pick up on something that could be a real problem and could be very damaging to your company. And this is your chance to uh, stop that in its tracks. So I hope that you guys found that uh, helpful today. I certainly found it fascinating doing the research and preparing for this podcast. And I might explore this a little bit more with a couple experts, but it doesn't take an expert to do some simple searches. And one final note I'll make is on the regulatory side and the quality assurance side. You may want to talk to your RAQA department 
about your initiative to start watching groups because if you do pick up certain kinds of complaints or product information related to your products, you may have to act on it, which is fine because you should. And with that, I'll wish you farewell. Now go win your week. Mm -hmm.